Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is October the 25th, 2022. 25 days to go. If you're counting to the FIFA World Cup held in, of all places, Qatar, if it's even a place, uh, everyone's beginning to count down. They want it to be success. A lot of people, I think, are very suspicious of the whole enterprise. Um, on the website, there is, of course, the countdown full of big photos, glossy photos of some of the world's most famous players, including Cristiano Ronaldo, Mbappe from France, and some legendary figures from the World Cup past, including the great Diego Maradona. Um, and they've got some highlight pages. One of uh, Christian Ronaldo's fairly meaningless goal of Portugal versus Spain, and another of uh, Mbappe uh, outshining um, Messi, uh, Lionel Messi, the Argentinian star. Uh, neither Messi nor uh, nor Ronaldo are particularly distinguished in the World Cup, but they are. I guess, still the world's most famous or infamous footballers, uh, Lionel Messi, the Argentine, playing now in Paris for PSG, which is just a kind of extension of Qatar in Paris. And Cristiano Ronaldo, who is on his way out at Manchester United and doesn't look as if anybody else wants to employ him. Um, lots of debate about who's better, Ronaldo versus Messi, and now there's a new book out, Messi versus Ronaldo, One Rivalry, Two Goats, and the Era That Remade the World's Game by two excellent Wall Street Journal reporters, Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg, and Jonathan Clegg is joining us from Brooklyn, uh, not a, a hotbed of football, uh, Jonathan, is it, Brooklyn? Certainly more of a hotbed than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, I see a lot of uh, Messi and Ronaldo uh, jerseys, a lot of Mbappe jerseys as well, actually, because we have a, a lot of French people here in Brooklyn. Um, so, yeah, you do notice you do notice the uh, rising popularity of football um, over here. Certain kind of football, perhaps. Uh, so this rivalry, Jonathan, Messi versus Ronaldo, uh, am I being excessively pessimistic and miserable in, in terms of suggesting that neither of these players matter very much these days, and they're certainly not going to do very much at the World Cup. Well, um, I think, you know, I, I can understand why, why you might take that view. Um, certainly, they are by no means at the peak of their powers. Um, and the World Cup has not historically been a, a, a very uh, happy hunting ground for either Messi or Ronaldo, as you mentioned. Um, so I, I can see why you would think that. I, I would say that um, uh, while they're, they're not maybe at their peaks, they're still, certainly in Messi's case, um, still very effective players. And um, Argentina remain one of the favourites, I would imagine, to lift the trophy in Qatar. Um, they are on, I believe, a 30-plus match uh, unbeaten streak and won the most recent Copa America tournament in South America. So... Um, I would say Messi, for sure, um, stands a reasonable chance of of, um, of winning the World Cup in, in Qatar, which would be the sort of ideal 
coda to his uh, fantastic career. Cristiano Ronaldo definitely um, not uh, performing quite so well, uh, not performing at all, really, because he rarely sees the field for Manchester United these days. But um, the one thing I would say is, you, you know, um, Ronaldo historically has uh, found a way to turn any sort of uh, slight or disappointment into fuel for his maniacally competitive ego. And so um, I wouldn't rule him out from doing something in Qatar either, because when he, when people least expect the least from him is sometimes when he produces the most. Your book is out, uh, what, uh, uh, I think it's uh, November 1 um, in the US and a, and a few days later, November 10 in the UK. Um, the book is about the rivalry, both in symbolic terms, but also in commercial and philosophical terms. What's the difference between these two men? You'll find, I think, when you talk to people who like the so-called beautiful game, they'll either strongly favor one or the other. Why? Well, I think it's because um, the rivalry between them has sort of outgrown the two men and they have sort of become avatar or very different worldviews, really. Um, it has become a sort of symbol of um, natural genius, of artistry. Um, and Ronaldo, I think, whose um, career has been built on his phenomenal physique and the um, immense work that he's put into building himself into a um, physical um, colossus. Um, I think he's seen as, as uh, embodying the sort of striver, grafter, someone who has to work for everything they get. And so I think when you sort of put the two of them next to each other like that, the artist, the natural, against the grafter, the striver, the worker, um, that's why um, people, that's why the, the, the rivalry between them is so powerful. It's why the debate between them is often very toxic um, online and in social media and in the various um, places where uh, people, um, you know, debate Messi versus Ronaldo. Um, and so, so what, is, what, what you're saying is, is that it, 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 it tells you whether you come down on Messi or Ronaldo really reflects your own value system, yeah. whether you favor creativity over graft, whether you believe in the idea of genius versus self-made um achievement uh you uh you um uh jonathan you're from essex in england uh not necessarily the home of great genius you grew up as a west ham united fan west ham have also always been associated not with graft but with creativity from alan devonshire trevor brooking You've even had a couple of, of, of short-lived affairs with Argentines. I assume you're a messy man, are you? Well, um, I, you know, it's difficult to come down one side or the other, especially after writing the book. In, in all honesty, writing the book, I felt my, my sort of affiliation um, switch back and forth between the two of them. Um, I, I would say that for some reason, um, you know, I, I feel that in, my, in life, especially in my professional life, um, I, I uh, am a sort of collaborative, uh, team-oriented um, person, but I do find myself drawn to the, um, the the sort of egotistical individual in sports, and so I do find that I uh, uh, characters like Ronaldo, like Kobe Bryant in basketball, um, these sort of characters who 
uh, whose attitude is, you know, I know I'm the best, you know, I'm the best, and there's nothing that you can do to stop me. Um, I do find those characters incredibly compelling, um, perhaps because they're so unlike, you know, me. And what about your co-author? He's not here to defend himself, <laughs> Joshua Robinson. What, what, what? He's Complete not from is he? I hope not. No, no. Um, no Josh is um, uh, Josh is American. Uh, his father's American. His mother is French, and he grew up in London, but now lives in Paris. So he is a cosmopolitan uh, chap. Um, but yes, likewise, I think he found as well. You know, it's it's hard. The, 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 the more you study these guys, the more you you learn about them, the more the more sort of invested you become in them. Um, the harder it is to sort of to, to, to you know determine which one um, is better, which one you prefer, which one is more interesting, more compelling. I think by the end of the book, we've sort of come to view them as a single entity, Messi and Aldo. Um, and I think, in all honesty, when history looks back on their legacy, that their their time in football. Um, their dual careers. I think that is how we will remember them. We will remember this as the Messi and Ronaldo era um, rather than... Yeah, sort of one. It, it's astonishing on lots of fronts. And one of the most inexplicable things is why they remained so dominant for so long. The, the Messi-Ronaldo show just went on for, what, 10 or 15 years. It's ended now, ending... And I guess there's two explanations. Either they truly are both geniuses of different types or there simply wasn't anyone else around and they just got lucky and happened to be playing uh, very good football at a time where there weren't many other good footballers. Where would you uh, fall on that one? Well, I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle, actually. And I, I would say that um, I think, you know, w- one of the things that um, we hope to set out in the book is is how much. Um, their um, rivalry, their careers uh, impacted the game of football. And I think one of the things that they um, th- that they did during their careers was they sort of created what we call the the super club era. For so, yeah. They were so good for so long that, that any team with realistic ambitions to win the Champions League had to have one or the other of them. Without Messi or Ronaldo in your team, you really had no chance of winning the Champions League for the best part of a decade. And what that meant was that a lot of the other best players in the world gravitated towards Barcelona and Real Madrid, where they spent the most of, majority of their careers, creating these two super clubs. They were almost like world all-star teams when Messi and Ronaldo were at their height. Uh, Messi and Ronaldo were the, were the sort of A-list stars, obviously. But even the, the supporting characters, the, B, the B-list um, players, were you know, many of the be- among the best players in the world. Um, I would argue that uh, as much as Messi and Ronaldo were the uh, are among, you know perhaps the greatest of all time, those Real Madrid and Barcelona teams were probably the strongest club sides that the European football has ever seen. Um, and so I think that their continued success was as much about the sort of changes they wrought on the game, the era of player as bigger than club. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo sort of came to embody Barcelona and Real Madrid in a way that I don't think any players have before or since it's almost it, when, when Messi was at Barcelona it was almost impossible to distinguish between Messi and Barcelona he, he was so sort of tied up in the identity of the club um so I, I think it, I think it's it, it's a lot to do with that the fact that the clubs yeah. they played on was so strong that it sort of reinforced their their genius it's a very interesting argument I, I actually buy it and I wonder then how it fits in with the growth of the idea very controversial of the European 
Super League. Uh, it went away, but now apparently, according to its new CEO, um, a man called Bernd Reichart, it's back and could relaunch in 2025. Are you suggesting then that the that Messi and Ronaldo, in a way, bore the Super League before the Super League actually existed. They bore the idea or the outlines. Because it seems to me as if the Super League actually exists in in fact. The, the big clubs only trade with one another. Uh, I don't remember the last time West Ham did a deal with uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid. So the reality is the Super League is there and maybe as a consequence of Messi and Ronaldo. I think that's exactly right. I think it is a natural, it was the sort of natural conclusion, natural extension of all the changes they wrought. I would argue, in all honesty, that the idea of having a World Cup in Qatar in the middle of winter is also a sort of upshot of the changes yeah. they brought on on um, on football. You know, the, the it, it's it's no coincidence that the uh, emergent the arrival of these sort of state backed uh, petro wealth clubs. Um, has coincided with the Messi-Ronaldo era when um, uh, you, their, their sort of level of stardom uh, was so gigantic, when their um, the clubs they played for were so remarkably successful. that Right, and in the PSG set, in the PSG example, it's not even a league. I mean, it's one team where all the money goes to the, the Paris side and um, it's, it's a coronation from the beginning and it's backed by the Qataris. That's right. So I think the, the sort of way that they warped the economy of football during their their careers um, led us directly to that to 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 this you know the 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 the, the, middle, the Gulf's sort of increasing involvement in football, um, the World Cup in Qatar, and the Super League. And I, and I think you know one of the things um, that should be noted about the Super League is that um, when, you know this was the sort of famous plan to reorganize European football that um, was announced um, uh, on a, a, a Sunday. And within sort of 48 hours, it completely collapsed amid a, a sort of surge of opposition. But even amongst all that opposition with Premier League captains, you know, writing a letter saying this is not what the game should be. It's notable that Messi and Ronaldo, the two most famous footballers on the planet, said absolutely nothing about the Super League. They were completely silent during those 48 hours, um, which I think speaks volumes. It perhaps also reflects the fact that... Um... Football now is big in, in Brooklyn. You probably have lots of overweight men walking around in Ronaldo and uh, and, and, and Messi uh, shirts. I mean, the more you talk, Jonathan, the more miserable all this is. What's the upside of, of Messi versus Ronaldo? Is there anything good? You're suggesting that increasingly you have a superstar culture, um, domination by these super clubs, less and less competition, the destruction of national leagues, um, the internationalization of the game. What, what's been good when historians look back in 20 or 30 years at the Messi-Ronaldo era in football, what are they going to celebrate? Well, I think that will mostly come down to what the two of them have done on the field. I mean, even, even as we sort of, you know, uh, litigate their impacts, um, and and you rightly note how many sort of negative um consequences there have been to their careers i think when when we when i when i close my eyes and picture messi and ronaldo on the field i'm i'm left with a sort of joyous um memory of um you know watching these two outrageous talents these two um you know i i don't think it's an exaggeration to say geniuses 
um, compete against each other in the most sort of high stakes environments. This is why we watch sports to 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 see these, you know, to uh, see but these. But I mean, it, but, but they never played in. Did they? They never played in a European Cup final against each other. Neither of them have ever done anything in the World Cup. So it's always been a, a, a televised spectacle, a mostly cosmetic one. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that, you know, another sort of um, development uh, that, that sort of coincided with the Messi-Ronaldo era is that I don't think anyone would, any any sort of, you know, one who's sort of deeply invested in football would would could, could claim that the World Cup remains the pinnacle of the men's professional game. I think the Champions League has... Um, you know the, the quality of, of play in the Champions League is generally considered to be much higher than the World Cup. You know, just purely because um, the, the the teams don't, the national teams don't get much time to train together, and so the the, the, the FIFA is, insists on sort of changing various regulations and the the different type of ball every World Cup and all this sort of stuff, which um, you know is not really conducive to the best the best quality of play. So I, I do think that the Champions League became the sort of ultimate measuring stick. Um, during the Messi-Ronaldo era. And, you know, for the best part of 10, 15 years, the, the only, I mean, one or other of them lifted the Champions League pretty much every season. What about their individual scandals? Uh, there's a Messi's tax fraud prison sentence that got reduced to a f- fine. There's all these rumours and actual... Uh, investigations of rape cases against Ronaldo. To what extent have either of those tarnished their reputations, or are they also part of this celebrity culturalization of football? So that you know the, these these scandals seem to come up in in every other area of um, of Hollywood style culture and sports and in uh, celebrity culture generally. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is true. I, I do think we're some sort of s- s- somehow sort of inured to the impact of these things, just because this is you know modern day um, celebrity. Um, I mean, I think you know certainly when you assess the legacies of the two of them, um, you have to reckon with these things. Um, I think the the tax um, you know the, the, the tax evasion stuff. Both of them have been were were charged. With um, with not paying the, the you know proper taxes when they were in Spain, but they were by no means the only sort of uh, high profile uh, footballers athletes to um, to you know be prosecuted in that way. Um, but certainly with Ronaldo's um, sexual assault charges, I mean it, it, you can't ignore it. You have to. This is you know part of his legacy, and when we come to assess that, uh, it's something that has to be reckoned with. Yeah, thinking in historical terms, I guess, imagining how these guys are going to look or this era is going to look in 30 years will depend on what comes next. Um, One can only assume that things are going to get worse. I mean, Mbappe is the kind of lower end version of of Messi. Uh, Is there any evidence that the game is becoming more beautiful rather than uglier? I mean, I think again, there's the, there's a sort of um, divergence here between the game that we see on the pitch, which some might argue 
was never more beautifully practiced than by the Barcelona teams, Pep Guardiola managed Barcelona teams mm. that um, Lionel Messi played for, um, with the sort of off-field side where it does feel that, um, you know, something has been lost from the game in in the sort of um, in the way that that it's you know this that this increasing star power i mean to look at um mbappe for example he seems like a a a, 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 a direct product of the messi ronaldo era so much so that he in the same way that messi's power at barcelona grew so so, so strong so vast that he was essentially a sort of general manager of the team by the end, pulling the strings on transfers, who should come in, who should go out. He earned, he sort of earned that position by virtue of sort of 10, 15 years at the top and being by far the most, you know, important player at the club. Mbappe seems to have sort of inherited a similar role at Paris Saint-Germain, which he's already trying to leave uh, six months after signing the most expensive contract in soccer history. Um at the age of 23 and with only a, a few years of, of, of service at PSG, it, it seems that that, um, that sort of role of, of player as bigger than the club is something that he has inherited in the same way that, you know, wage, the wages that, that Messi and Ronaldo earned are now um, sort of passed down to future stars without them having to sort of do the groundwork to get there. Right, so, and the, the headlines today are all about how much Mbappe and, and, and Messi earn. Um, yeah. a, a couple of weeks ago, I did a show with fellow journalist. I'm sure you know his work, Ryan O'Hanlon. Yeah. Um, he has a new book out, uh, Net Gains Inside the Beautiful Games Analytics Revolution. Uh, again, my argument would be that it's not very beautiful one, once it is transformed into uh, analytics. But if, if one uses traditional me- metrics, how does the Messi-Ronaldo debate work out? using data have you run the data on the two men yeah i mean this this is um one of the sort of funny things about messi ronaldo and and their rivalry and the fact that as we say they sort of defined an entire era of the game is actually how few times how little time they've spent on a football pitch together um even at their the height of their rivalry uh, they would play maybe six five six times a season for 90 minutes each time whereas when you look back at some of the other sort of great rivalries um in sports you know i think of maybe say um lebron james and and steph curry in the nba right now they play they play dozens and dozens of times a year um federer and nadal played dozens and dozens of times each year um it's remarkable how little how few sort of head-to-head matchups there have been between Messi and Ronaldo, even as they dominated the game for so long. Um, I think by sort of most metrics, um, uh, uh, Messi is the sort of stronger individual, but um, Ronaldo's teams have um, accomplished more. Ronaldo uh, has more Champions League titles. Messi um, has more Ballon d'Or awards given to the best player in the world. So even there, even by the sort of traditional metrics, there is no um, clear answer as to who's better. It, what again, about in, in terms of style? It always seemed to me as if, um, if the, uh, if our new masters of the universe in Silicon Valley were able to perfect a robot that 
was the best footballer in the world, it would be Ronaldo. Whereas Messi, as you suggested at the beginning, is all instinct and speed. Um, is that a, 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 a fair description of the two men's qualities? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and in fact, in the book, we, we, we tell the story of, um, of how both of them were signed by Nike when two contracts, you know, sponsorship contracts with Nike when they were teenagers. Um, Nike actually allowed Messi to get away. Messi, Messi left to go to Adidas. And, um, and, and Nike didn't really do much to stop him, partly because compared with Ronaldo, he did not look like an athlete at all. He's five foot six. His shirt, you know, billows around him like he's borrowed an adult shirt and playing for the under sevens. Um, he had, you know, famously um, did not take his sort of physical, um, uh, you know, his, he didn't take his physique. He didn't take nutrition seriously, drank Pepsi, ate pizza most of the time as a teenager. Um, and Nike executives looked at him and thought, eh, we're not sure. We, we like the look of Ronaldo because he looks to us um, like what we imagine an athlete looking like. It seems as if both men, what they have in common is they're not particularly popular, particularly in their own countries. When you think of Ronaldo, there's a sort of ambivalence. I mean, everyone acknowledges he's good, but, you know, you talk to a, a real Portuguese football fan, you ask them they prefer Eusebio or, 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 or Ronaldo, Eusebio being the great, uh, Brazil, uh, the, the great Portuguese from the 1960s. I mean, there's an argument to, make, to be made that... Um, uh, Ronaldo isn't even the best Ronaldo. There's a Brazilian Ronaldo who had a lot more personality than Ronaldo. Whereas, of course, when you think of Messi um, in Brazil, and in, sorry, whoops, in, uh, in Argentina, and you ask an Argentine to compare Maradona and uh, Messi, again, you can't speak on behalf of all Argentinians, but mostly there's a, a love of, of Maradona that you don't find with Messi. So, Oddly enough, neither men are particularly popular or at least iconic in their own countries. And they're, they're both in an odd way lack, even if Messi is a genius, they're lacking that je ne sais quoi that has turned a, a Maradona or a, a Pelé or a, a Cruyff into legendary figures. Is that fair or am I just being unkind? Um, I think, you know, I think there's, I think there is something to that. Um, I mean, R Ronaldo, um, I think is that it remains very popular in, in Portugal. Um, likewise, you know, Messi has many fans in Argentina, but, but I do take your point, especially with Messi and, and Maradona. I think the one thing I would say about that is I think it's striking how little time both Messi and uh, Ronaldo have spent playing soccer in their own countries. Messi was um, right. 14 when he left Argentina to go to Spain. And I think for a long time, um, he was seen as somehow less Argentinian because he, he, he did spend so much of his formative years in Barcelona. Um, he was, when he was 18, he received a Spanish passport, partly to sort of circumvent rules on non-EU players um, playing for Barcelona and how many they could field in their lineup at one time. But um, I think his sort of Argentinian ness as it were was questioned in argentina for a long time ronaldo same um was 18 when he left um sporting lisbon to go play at manchester united so i i wonder if maybe that has something to do with it uh when you think when pele obviously spent right. most of his career in brazil johan cruyff 
did uh, leave to go and play in Barcelona, but only after he'd built Ajax Amsterdam into one of the great club dynasties of all time. Um, you know, Maradona did spend his a lot of his time playing in Europe, but but certainly you know spent time at at, um, at Boca Juniors and also was so successful with the Argentine national team at a time when Argentine Argentina's domestic um, politics were very. Uh, troublesome that yeah. and he also think, played in Naples which uh, is a sort of an extension of Argentina maybe in that's the, it yeah, yeah exactly the uh, yeah, the, the yeah I wonder that. whether it's interesting talking this thing through it, you know Ronaldo is the ultimate brand individual brand disassociated with everything around him it's a sort of a lot of business writers would probably show him as the model of of, of how you want to build an individual brand whereas Maradona, uh, sorry, uh, Messi has been internationalized, as you say, with 20, when he was 12 or however old he was, he got spirited away from Argentina and then became Barcelona. So in a way, Barcelona is his national team, which explains, as you suggested earlier, why the World Cup now is in decline, because national teams don't really mean anything. Um, and Barcelona or Real Madrid or Manchester United or Liverpool or Juventus, they've become in a sense, larger than countries. That's right. I, I think that's I think that's a very a very good point. I think um, for not for, West Ham though, not not yet, not yet. I think we'll say with West Ham. But yes, I agree. I think for for many many people around the world, um, Lionel Messi is not um, you know symbolic of Argentina. Um, he embodies Barcelona and is kind of. Uh, you know, more sort of international in that way. I mean, this you know, there there are there is a messy theme park in in Shanghai, um, but, you know, but, and I think that's because he is he is seen as somehow sort of not belonging to a country. Um, these football clubs are sort of bigger than the countries that they come from or represent. Certainly, the communities that they represent have long since been um, been sort of forgotten about. So. Um, Yes, I, I think that's that's exactly right. Well, it's good stuff. It's an important subject, Messi versus Ronaldo, for those of us who follow the once beautiful game, maybe not quite as beautiful as it was because of Messi and Ronaldo, or there may be the reflection of that. One rivalry, two goats, and the era that remade the uh, world game. Any tips on who's going to win the World Cup, Jonathan? Not it's England. not going to be Portugal, that's for sure. And it's, it's not going to be Portugal. It's not going to be no, Argentina, no. is it? I, Argentina, maybe. Um, I, I, I would put my money on France. Defending champions, they look like the best team. <laughs>